Pottering around the always surprising cat-loving neighbor of Mangum Reads, we are mm. three muggles who would actually really love it if the news was just water skiing budgiers. My name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by my co-host <laughs> BJ and Spencer. Guys, it's book five. We're on book five. Are you excited to be finally off of book four so you never have to deal with it again? Is that what we're going with? Uh, so that I never have to deal with it with you people again <laughs> is really where we are. Yes. That sounds about right. I also was thinking as I was watching this, I remember as a kid when the local news would just run out of material and not have enough to talk about, and there'd just be a water skiing varmint, and that's just what they would do as a segment. I miss those days. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think local, local news still does that, but not as commonly. No, Facebook has taken that over. We're fine. Yeah. (laughs) Nah, local news is also known by national companies anyway. It is a very straight up script they're doing. Correct. Mm. So we are here in this, the first chapter of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, titled Dudley Demented. We have taken a little bit of a break um, since the traumatizing ending of book four and are finally, I think, ready to start back on this journey. Um, We have some segments that we do here. We have a rapid fire recap, which I'm sure there are new rules for that I have not been informed of and will be learning on the fly right now. We have... um, BJ's Wizard Wheezes, Newbie's Notes with Spencer, we award house points, and then there are questions and queries, which there could not possibly be any in this, the first chapter, not, because... Not at all. Don't worry about it. It's, it, it's First fine. chapters are, are always crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are we ready to get into it? Uh, you have a cycle of cats that are running in and out of the frame. <laughs> it's just the same cat running in circles. Sounds about oh. right. Uh, the rules are still being worked on, but for this time around, we're just going to make it a two-minute yes or no in terms of getting full points. Okay, so no can... even betting for me because we don't know what the rules are. I mean, we're so, make it... perfect. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, we do have rules, um, and you know, I, I think that a fairly convenient rule. Um, so we have thirty-eight chapters in this book, um, times one hundred and twenty seconds, which gives us uh, forty-five sixty. Um, and then let's see if we, uh, divide that. Doing math on podcast is always great content, BJ. Thank you for it, this. It's my favorite. It, you know, this is the best. Um, so, you know, if we give you a total of, let's say, 75 minutes for the entire book, uh, you have to make up a, a total of a minute over the entire book. Um, but otherwise you have two minutes per. And you got okay. a pre- you succeeded in your last one um, and successfully garnished your your present. That's right. Uh, That's correct. Yes. So there will so be a similar be, promise uh, and prize this year. So are, this... does that in these rules that are apparently be ma- being made in the moment live on recording? We're just doing a straight up or down. Did you make this by the end of it or not? Am I supposed to be continue to be betting on? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to do betting the two minutes and and we'll have some uh, random point value adds at the very end of the podcast because it wouldn't be Harry Potter without that. But um, as of right now, the goal is is 75 minutes. 
Okay. BJ and I will assess math. We'll make it the same 10 second bet and then the two minute goal for right now. And we can decide the exact math going forward. Sarah, oh. would you like to make a bet for yourself? And do you think you could make this under two minutes? We'll work out the details in, in post. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, as long as you all have this under control. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I've got so, a stopwatch. <laughs> very official. So for those poor listeners who are new, we do have very complicated and ever-changing rules on how these rapid-fire recaps are Designed supposed to go and whether or not I win. And BJ is in charge of them, and he has thus far not managed to completely stymie me for a book. So I have not, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. Okay, so do I want to make a bet? In all honesty, I think I'm just going to go for under two minutes simply because this is the first chapter back after a relatively long break. Let's try to get back in the swing of things. I will remain betless, go for under two minutes, and you all can figure out the what you win details the of the rules okay. at a later well, date. The, the non-novelty stopwatch is ready whenever you are. We're back on Privet Drive in the middle of a heat wave, and Harry is hiding in the hydrangeas trying to listen um, to the evening news through the window. The Dursleys couldn't figure out why a teenager would take any interest in the events of the day, but Harry's trudging through human interest stories to see if there's any whiff of Voldemort's return on the Muggle News. Dudley, on the other hand, is terrorizing the neighborhood with his group of hoodlums. With nothing noteworthy in the night's broadcast, Harry is no closer to figuring out why there's no news of Voldemort or the strange behavior he would expect. When he crawls out from under the window, though, there's a large crack in the neighborhood, and Harry's got his wand out, and Vernon, horrified, is convinced that he was responsible for the noise, which he tries to pass off to the neighbors as a car backfiring. As the Dursleys berate him, Harry escapes and contemplates the noise, which sounded like someone apparating or disapparating, but who? The Daily Prophet hasn't had anything about Voldemort, and Ron and Hermione's and even Sirius's letters have been egregiously vague. Harry's livid that he's being left out of something, especially when he was the one who had to see Cedric die and face Voldemort and his followers. He's really getting to the stride of being hurt when he finds Dudley and co in the park. Dudley's still huge, but he's taken up boxing, so he's powerful now, not fat. But Harry's spoiling for a fight now and half hopes they'll come for him. As the gang splits up, Harry meets up with Big D on the way home. Harry goads him, finally pulling out his wand. Dudley's pretty sure he's not allowed to use it outside of school, and he lets drop that Harry's been talking in his sleep. Don't kill Cedric. Help me, Dad. Harry turns on a dime, act actively threatening Dudley to never talk about that again, and then the night changes. Dudley freaks out, and Harry can hardly believe what's going on, a Dementor in Little Winging. He's trying to get Dudley out of there, but Dudley's lost his mind. He can't see the Dementor, but he can certainly feel it. He manages to expect to Patronum the thing after several tries, and starts to run before he realizes Dudley isn't there. There's a second Dementor looming over him, preparing for the kiss. The Patronus charges for it. Harry tries to get Dudley up when, on the scene, appears the neighbor, Mrs. Fig, who bafflingly tells Harry not to put his wand away and threatens to kill Mundungus Fletcher. With time wow. to spare. Well done. Lots one, of time to spare. 14866. I am actually really glad I did not place a bet because I would have lost that um, betting that it was going to take me more time to do that. So getting back into the groove, getting back into the groove, doing my notes was weird for this. It was it was difficult and unpleasant. But here we are. Um, here we are. So we're going to get into BJ, your segment, BJ's Wizard of Wheezes. But a couple of first notes just on this chapter real fast. It's mm -hmm. simultaneously super first chapter Harry Potter and really different first chapter, Harry yeah. Potter. We don't have the cold open somewhere else like we have in the past couple of books. Yeah. Um, and we're but we're kind of back to the like weird privet drive voice of the very first chapter of the first book. Um, so I don't know. We got a lot a lot of stuff going on here. 
it, it's like they were roaming around the set, but with a very different plot. It's like they were almost subverting <laughs> some of the expectations that we usually get out of the initial chapters of where it had a lot of the hallmarks, but then very quickly went afield from anything we've come to expect in this. In terms of like, there's major plot movement in the first chapter. That's never mm-hmm. happened before. <laughs> I think we've had a little bit, but mostly with that cold open style chapter rather than, you know, Harry mm-hmm. Potter private drive. Mm-hmm. And, and even some of the things that are like touchstones, the prior ones, like Harry's out of contact. This time it's intentional and the character's aware of it. This right. time he's purposely being yeah. isolated for his protection. Like well, that's one of the most touchstones. We don't know maybe. that it's for, for his protection. I mean, this seems like a bad idea. I'm guessing that we'll get some fill in at some point as to why uh, Dumbledore has been doing this, but not the greatest you want, idea you'd like, <laughs> you'd like on the surface. You'd like Dumbledore to explain his motivations for reasons that he does things, sir. I am pretty sure that we're going to get some explanation at some point, but we'll see. We'll see indeed. So, BJ, what yes. are you wheezing about? Um, we have we're, we are back in high JK form in terms of some of the <laughs> grammar that we have. Hi, hi JK. Um, I I just want to ask before I jump in whether you guys have your book copies handy. I do indeed. I, that makes me I very excited. Okay. That means that I get to torture you guys to read along with me. Listen, I'm, re- I'm re- <laughs> not. I am. I am on record saying that this nonsense does not bother me so bring it on bj um i'm glad um so um i I, it's probably the second page of the chapter for you guys on on not super clear since i'm on the kindle version okay um the the actual paragraph does start on the whole but we're going with the next sentence after that and sarah i'm going to tag you for this one because spencer i'm going to give you the next one which you're going to love are we reading out loud the punctuation again? Oh, we yes, we are. There's <laughs> no other way to do this. Um, and maybe we'll we'll consider even counting clauses, though. I think that's a little bit overboard. Um, Sarah, if you please, the he was not. He was not, comma, perhaps, comma, very comfortable lying on the hot, comma, hard earth, comma. But on the other hand, comma, nobody was glaring at him, comma, grinding their teeth so loudly that he could not hear the news, comma, or shooting nasty questions at him, comma, as had happened every time he tried sitting down in the living room and watching television with his aunt and uncle, period. The comma key got stuck at some point in writing that. <laughs> it, it, it did. It was pretty great. Um, I think so the comma gonna... key is just stuck in Harry's brain is really yes. what's going on here. <laughs> Um, maybe he'll get a chameleon at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, so Spencer, a couple pages forward. Um, it's, uh, he kept listening. Uh, yeah. And this is, this is a true in form paragraph sentence. Um, and it is glorious. Love the paragraph sentence. Let's do it. (sighs) All right, here we go. He kept listening, comma, just in case there was some small clue, comma, not recognized for what it really was by the muggles. Full on dash, an unexplained disappearance, comma, perhaps, comma, or some strange incident, ellipse, accident, ellipses. But the baggage dash handler's strike was followed by news on the drought in the southeast, open parentheses, quote, quote, I hope he's listening next door, exclamation mark, close, close quote, bellowed Uncle Vernon. More quote, with his sprinklers on at three in the morning. Much more, close quote, close parentheses, semicolon, then a helicopter that had almost crashed in a field in Surrey, comma, then a famous actress's divorce from her famous husband, open, open parentheses, open quote, as if they were interested in their sordid affairs, close quote, sniffed Aunt Petunia, comma, 
who had followed the case obsessively in every magazine she could lay her bony hands on, close parentheses, period. Now, isn't that just glorious? <laughs> it really oh. is. It's setting the tone, BJ. It's setting the tone for what this book will be. So- I have... I- not since Network have I felt more accurately portrayed the flow of the news coming from a program. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to guess that it's Bungie the Budgie, um, because Bungie the Budgie would be otherwise funny, but mm-hmm. I- I'm just going out on a limb here. Um, kind of amused at that one. We have some more Diddlykins, Dudley, whatever, Ickykins, and and that stuff. Um I would point out, though, I was thinking about this while rereading the chapter today, BJ, that we have now entered the period of these books where it is self-aware about the weirdness of the pet names Mm -hmm. for Dudley. Yes. Characters mocking each other for them. Yes. Um, I am going to uh, bother you, Sarah, and I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not. Um, Why? So... We, we have a reference to things that you don't like. Uh, if you particularly want, you can uh, cover your ears. But we have this uh, interaction between Harry and Dudley where uh, Dudley goes, you think you're a big man carrying that thing, don't you? Dudley said after a few, thing, after a few seconds. What thing? That. That thing that you're hiding. Harry grinned again. I mean... I'm not saying that it isn't his wand, but... I think you're saying in either way it's his wand. Which wand we're talking about? I think you've just used up one of your chances to have this conversation on the podcast in this book. (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed it, DJ. I did. Um, It was fun. I appreciated it. Um, And and so, yeah, we're going to continue with that. I I think similar to the pet names for, for, for Dudley, we are getting... J.K. Rowling being a little bit more uh, self-aware that how she refers to wands can be interpreted in multiple ways, and it's on purpose. Okay. Well, now that all now that all the parents reading for their kids had a polite chuckle, uh, shall we go on to new notes? A polite chuckle, as the case may be. Um, <laughs> and and I do I do really appreciate that we're still getting uh, the St. Brutus uh, school for the the criminally insane or, or whatever mm. whatever yeah. it is. Um, you yeah, really St. know Curtis's about the, the backstabbing that's going at that school. <laughs> well, uh, for newbies' notes, I got to say this is a damn effective first chapter of a book um, in terms of just rapidly getting us back into the flow of the story and the excitement that it was in, while mm-hmm. still really grounding itself in what has happened before, particularly the past trauma and experiences of the main character. I love that that is just informing us of what the character is going through, and not just something that's been brushed aside in a no-psychologist kind of world, the way so many fantasy settings do things. But also really interesting, I think this is the first book that doesn't give us information. Previous books, and maybe we'll get it in the second chapter, but previous books sort of set up who Harry Potter is, what this world is. Like, you could have sort of picked it up, Mm -hmm. but this book you cannot. This book... Expects some prior knowledge. Expects that you've read at least the previous book, because... In, in some ways. I mean, there are yeah. adult literature books that will do this and you will eventually find out who Cedric is. But like, this is not the audience where you would do that. And mm-hmm. so I think, I, like, I don't know where at this point, like we are in terms of like movie releases, how big the books are. But like, this is very clearly everybody's read all the other books mm-hmm. uh, rather yeah. than 
you might have picked you might have seen it and picked it up mm-hmm. well, we, we talked about that being a trope of the prior chapters they felt like they were each each of the first chapters of each book was trying to reintroduce us to the universe as if someone had just picked it up fresh this one doesn't feel that kind of same way just in terms of just what even occurs going forward but we have we have to start at privet drive because it wouldn't be a harry potter story if we didn't it's a focal point we must return to it but i just wanted to put in real fast that i turned to the front of my book to see um, where we were with the release for this. Um, and I do have the note that I got this book on June 21st, 2003 at 12.01 a.m. Um, <laughs> on brand. In case anyone... Yes. D- doubted in your, case anyone your uh, was wondering. obsession with Harry Potter. Your, your credentials are clear. Yes. Um, oh, <laughs> well, also, I also want... I did also want to check the year. So the, the yeah. books or the movies had already started coming out at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first couple were probably out. I, that makes sense. Um, the last thing that I forgot to wheeze about, and sorry, Spencer, I'm undercutting a little bit, is uh, Little Whinging. Uh, is the place that that Privet Drive is, and I think this is the first time we've gotten that because I'm pretty sure I would have. Mm-hmm. No. No, we've gotten it multiple times. It was on all of the letters that Harry got. Um, okay. It was discussed in the first book. Okay. I mean, it was mentioned in the first book like multiple times. Yeah. Interesting. I, well, it's been long enough that I wouldn't remember my whinging about whinging. <laughs> I don't think you did. And I think that I chose to pronounce it little winging uh, very specifically. To, to try and avoid that. Fair enough. <laughs> you, it worked too well, sir. I, I mean, so, like, you, you know, you're from the Midwest. It has to be whinging. <laughs> whinging. Let's um, so continue. Well, I, I'm, giving, I'm giving J.K. Rowling increased credit for this throughout, but her style of writing just really continuing to improve throughout these books. And it really comes through mm-hmm. in both the descriptions and the scene building in this initial chapter. She's really accurately conveying both a sense of the characters and also the emotions they're going through in a way that is only improved on an upward trajectory throughout the series. And it's readily apparent even at the start of this book. Uh, we also I have... get a lot better characterization of, yeah. of like the characters, maybe a little bit of their motivation rather than just sort of, thumbnail cardboard that I feel like mm-hmm. we got of kind of everybody, honestly, but um, especially what? our non-main characters where yeah. you get a lot more of a feel of who Dudley is rather than just fat and annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has, I, had, we, he has character growth now. Like he is very different he too yeah. than he was in the first, in the first books. Yeah. And it, it's done more organically, too. It less feels like somebody's just wearing a name tag that describes in a few words what you need to remember about the character, but it's more describing them through their actions and the emotions that they're feeling as they're going through things. And that's, well, that's well conveyed. Uh, I have lived under the unfairness of the world of the sort of people who thought scruffiness ought to be punishable by law. And so I'm... <laughs> I'm Harry, I'm you right there that, with the despotic world we all live in. You say that as a past tense, and that confuses me, Spencer. I've learned not to care about the aspersions cast to me by such scruffy police. <laughs> um, I still don't believe you, but I appreciate the nod. I'm, I'm, this, this is my story, and I'm sticking with it. Let me have my pain, BJ. Uh, I also, it's really fascinating to see the on-edge, PTSD, angry, fighty, nightmare very teen Harry that we now have as our main character in the story. 
Mm-hmm. This is a different kind of Harry that we even saw at the end of the last book. I mean, it's a really good thing that none of the dustbins, uh, you know, moved unexpectedly. <laughs> He'd be on those things. I mean, he, this is a guy that is very realistically going through a lot of trauma, a lot of anger, a lot of dissatisfaction, and not appreciating being cut out of the story when he's clearly playing an integral role in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a very specific mix of things when you have all of that sort of trauma along Mm -hmm. with being 15, right? There is a tendency, I think, particularly in the fifth book, and I'm really glad that you both are bringing this up um, so early. There's a tendency in the fifth book for people to just write Harry off as angsty, but there really is this kind of deep-seated, and I think really well-explored explanation of all of the stuff that is coming into play with that. Yeah. I really appreciate the kind of mood and the feeling we're getting out of this character. For It's a character that has had no ability to process his grief and pain. He has had no productive way of doing so. He's just been boxed away alone in a room and is now just looking for some means to lash out at people. He's directly insulting the Dursleys to their face. He's practically never done that before. He is purposefully inciting Dudley. I mean, this is the guy that honestly comes across as dangerous. I'm pretty worried that if someone hadn't directly intervened in that conversation he was having with Dudley, he might have hurt the kid. Mm-hmm. I think you, and I think you would have appreciated doing such. We're getting a bit of the uh, maybe Slytherin aspect to a character in a certain degree, just through the lashing out aloneness and pain that you know, informs a lot of our Slytherins we've seen at different times. I mean, th- this is very reminiscent to me of uh, a dress all in black with uh, an emo haircut, Tobey Maguire. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man 2. <laughs> this is um, yeah. And, and so, like, it, it's kind of interesting that we kind of get an impression of what the summer was like. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm actually kind of curious, and, and um, I'm just going to ask it now. Do we ever really get... Yeah, it, it's okay, Spencer. I'm just going to do it now. Uh, do we ever really get a summer uh, chapter? Or is it like just preschool chapters and then like the end of school chapters? Because I think it'd be yeah. interesting. It would have been nice at some point for us to get a little bit more of what Harry's life is like not mm-hmm. in school mm-hmm. other than I didn't like it. Because, I mean, we get a little bit of reference to it because he had his birthday already. Um, yeah. So we know that we're very close to to starting um, school again, that mm-hmm. he threw out the uh, Honeydukes cakes. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't think we ever get we don't we don't ever really get a sort of middle of summer yeah. chapter. And but I yeah, which might might have been nice at some point. But I also one of the things that I do like about this chapter, and you referenced it, BJ, is that it does have a couple of lines that I think are really deftly put in there about what the summer has been. And it has yeah. been just sort of like the monotony of the day after day, especially in the midst of this heat wave and him looking yeah. at the news and being sort of mad about everything and worried about what's going on and why nothing is happening and mad at at Hermione and Ron and Sirius and Dumbledore and all of the people. So in some ways, I think that you're right, BJ, it would be nice to get a middle of summer chapter to see what's going on. But I do think that we get enough evidence that it is such a monotonous existence. Yeah. And Harry is so much of a non-entity in that household. Right. That I don't know that it's like, I don't know that it would be a particularly interesting chapter. Right. And I'm guessing that going forward, 
that there are going to be reasons to really not have the middle of the summer chapters. I think the last book might have been uh, the place for it, maybe, or, or, you know, somewhere after the first book or two where there is a reason to pick up what's going on with him in the summer because it's very, mm-hmm. you know, not Hogwarts. Um, if, we have, and, if we ever do a chapter of Harry, Harry spending his summer in Mallorca, we know that he's won. We know the story is kind of over. If he's able to finally go on a vacation <laughs> where he's just able to rest and relax free of the Dursleys. Yeah. Um, I, I did, you guys mentioned this, but I really did like that his, he is assessing the progress of time based on having new places to hide to listen to the news. Mm-hmm. That is how utterly tedious the summer has been in terms of what he's been going through. And his frustration that his only connection to the outside world is trying to tap into the messages behind the messages from the regular muggle news about what's happening in celebrity gossip. Yeah. And fascinating that on the heels of what we know from the end of the last book and the couple of months to now, not a hint of Voldemort's return in any news anywhere. Ministry of Magic has been working wonders in terms of bearing that news, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Voldemort thi- himself has not been asserting himself in any right. way. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned, the idea that his friend's not visiting and that kind of lack of contact with the Wizarding World is another trope we've seen in every single prior initial chapter. Whether there's a reason behind it or not, this time it clearly seems like, no, this is part of the plan. Let's keep Harry out of the loop. BJ, as you said, is it to protect him? Is it for another reason that they kind of want to keep him out of this story so they can control the narrative? Yeah, they debated, and I'm, hopefully we'll get some more resolution on that going forward. Uh, I feel like every initial chapter of every book, I have to feel like I feel the need. I've got to just pick Harry up by the shoulders and shake him a little bit. Uh, <laughs> this one was the, oh, my, my Voldemort scar is hurting. Eh, that's not important. Everybody knows Voldemort's back. It's like, Harry, you don't know enough to know whether that's important or not. Take track of all this information. Let somebody who actually knows this shit unpack it. You do not have the background to assess what is irrelevant here. I mean, not a lot of people do. I mean, we know that Harry's scar is kind of a thing in the world, Mm -hmm. but not something that a lot of people seem to really understand. Not his specific scar, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, we've seen before that both like Sirius and Dumbledore don't mess around with that. The moment they get some information sure. from Harry with respect to, you know, Voldemort connection, they take it immediately seriously and at least investigate it. I think they do the same here, but Harry's just pissed off at the world and looking for everything to be irrelevant around him because that's how he feels himself right now. Uh, in terms of people in this story to give a martial skill, Dudley's got to be the one most asking for liability down the line. <laughs> Training this kid as a professional boxer or uh, you know an amateur boxer and him being actually good at it is just asking for neighboring kids to get their jaws broken and a lawsuit to be filed against you. I mean, he was beating up a mouthy 10-year-old, so... Apparently. <laughs> but totally, the kid he beat was 16. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> now, I said, if I, I, working off that, I'm pretty sure if something hadn't interrupted, I'm, I'm actually concerned that Harry would not only hurt Dudley, but like actually hurt him bad. It seems like he was building up to the point of just lashing out without thinking and just inflicting serious, maybe even permanent injury on somebody else. And perhaps it's best that fucking Dementors just show up in the middle of the human world attacking Muggles. I think anything, the attacking the Muggle thing caught me off guard even more than them showing up. Well, we we had some hint as to maybe what's happening here, but in previous books. Um, but I, well, again, I'm I'm going to talk out of turn and ask a question um, or basically say what my knowledge is. Like, I don't think we've actually had a harm causing 
spell or like a hex or a charm that actually causes harm. Pretty much everything that we've seen is a mobilization other than the uh, the the curses, uh, the Spencer, what is it? The unforgivable curses. Yeah, the unforgivable curses, like you have cruciatus or uh, th that just causes pain. But like yeah. other than those, I, I don't- Vodka Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So you have a death, you have causing pain, and you have like putting somebody under your control, but pretty much everything else is just like, uh, you immobilize their feet, you immobilize their hands, you immobilize right. their body. It's disarming. Right. <laughs> so I guess like my question, and like it's much more thinking about it than question is like, but what was Harry going to do? Because like, I don't think that he's far gone enough to have gone with an unforgivable curse. Uh, I feel like that, that is a, a couple well, steps too far. We, we've uh, seen that there, there there are spells that don't fall in the prohibited categories that are still horrible, that are still damaging, that are still threatening. He could still throw a guy across a room. He could still blast him away. We've seen that Hagrid can give somebody a was it like a pigtail or something at one point. Didn't he give that to Dudley at some point in the story? You can inflict you can inflict physical yeah. differences and forms on people before the story's done. What Harry would have been planning. I don't know, but it was seemed like it was building up to something kind of lashing at him. Um, yeah, I don't, and what's, you know, this is a sort of situation too, though, where like three to five years later, Harry would just be like that character who's going to bars looking to get into fights at this point. Yeah, like that, that is, yeah. that is the real vibe that I'm getting for him here, from him here. Yeah, he, he is in pain. He feels left alone in the world. He wants to give some of that pain to somebody else. And mm -hmm. if not with his fists, he has a wand. Or he is happy, I think, also to take pain on himself. Yes, yeah, true. Too, if it is like time. more immediate and solvable. I mean, than... he he definitely does seem like he's in the mood to pick fights that he will lose. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. But uh, so in that in that case, the Dementor is coming. That positive, possibly. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it, it, it's almost like they're being drawn to the moment. They're being drawn to that kind of pain that's just resonating in this particular circumstance. And I do adore that it's as much as he's reaching a dark enough place where he can't even summon his Patronus, the love and care he has for his friends and the fact that he would, you know, lose them if he lost this moment, summon up the energy reserves he needs to to prevail. Yes. Um, among, yeah. among everything else, though, that I find shocking in this chapter, the most shocking, though, is Misfit. The cat really? lady just really? waltzing in as the, you know, apparently a person who just knows all about the magical world. Is she a spy? Is she has some prior connection to the world? Is she under the employee of Dumbledore? I don't know. Wasn't expecting that. We, we learned the answers to these questions and more in the next chapter. Looking forward to it. Yes. Um, and I think we've had a number of references of Harry, like, hanging out with her before in previous many times books. he's gotten left with her when the dursleys yeah. are like doing other things Which she, is was, also she was the really one who was supposed to be like looking after him in the first book when they took right. dudley to the zoo and dudley threw a conniption fit because harry had to go with them right because right. she tripped over a cat and broke her leg mrs Fig has an interesting existence there's a lot i don't understand at this point but i'm excited to find out more <laughs> Before we get there, we have to do winners and losers of this chapter. And Sarah, I feel like you don't have many entries that you really consider here. It's it's a this is a don't we not do this for chapters where we're not at Hogwarts? No, we do it for for all chapters. <laughs> Shoot, I, you're Shoot. trying to get out of it. You know that that's five points off of Ravenclaw. Um, so oh. this is just like a a boo. 
Um, but B, <laughs> this is a this is such a weird chapter to do that in, right? Because mm-hmm. like we are following Harry over the course of this chapter, but he is sort of, as we have discussed, down and out throughout the entire chapter. Possible yes. I would I would almost peg him as the loser of the chapter, except that this seems to be his sort of steady state right now. Yeah. And he is not the one in this chapter who was almost soul sucked by a Dementor. Yeah, fair. Um, well, we do have uh, his aunt and uncle in the chapter who. Correct. Yeah, but we do get a lot more about them in some ways than we have in many other chapters. They're not just being terrible to Harry. They're also interacting with the neighborhood and and trying to <laughs> cover up Harry what, waving his wand all over the place. And uh, offering commentary on the news of the day. And yep. um, yeah, so I don't know. It actually does seem like Vernon had a little bit of a tough chapter trying to navigate the social situation around him. Mm-hmm. in light of Harry doing Harry things. Well, it seems like we're building towards, did anyone win? I think Mrs. Fig might have won. I was going to say Mrs. Fig. Apparently she's been a yep. secret spy for the entire story up to this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I realize it's a little bit of a cop-out because we only see her in the very final moments of this chapter. But whatever the explanation is going forward, Mrs. Fig got a reveal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She she got a reveal, and she was pretty much, you know, she seemed utterly indifferent to the Dementors being present. Just like, oh, are they gone now? Let's get going now. They're go- let's, let's move when they're not here. Yeah. This is a woman who's seen some shit. <laughs> yes, not she's just turning her own PTSD for the good. Um, mm-hmm. So I do think that I'm going to go with Mrs. Fig for the winner, because we do not, I do not think that we have other good options um, yep. for this. But the, I do think that the loser is trickier. Um and I'm Harry really, go ahead. I think Harry, Harry, as you said, Harry starts really low and doesn't really go anywhere from that, but it's not like that's a new thing. Yeah. And Dudley also, he gets to punch Harry and run away. <laughs> accidentally. I mean, he seems to have been actually he... having a pretty good afternoon before we yeah, get to the Dementors. Yeah, he 10-year-old. Uh, did, did he accidentally punch Harry? I thought he on purpose punched Harry and that, because Harry had to scrabble after his wand. I, I thought he was blind at the time. And he was just oh, kind of okay. foiling. Oh, yeah. Perhaps. Um, unclear what was really going on in that situation. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's it's tricky. Although I do know more about where what state Dudley is in in the next chapter. So maybe we'll just, we'll go with Harry starting low in this chapter. Okay. Started low, ended low. Clearly does Real not have low. the finger on the pulse of the neighborhood if he has no idea that Mrs. Fig is something in the world, <laughs> yeah, despite all of the point. time he has spent with her. So I'm going to go Harry, loser of the chapter, because like the state he's in, it's actually hard not to, not to say. Starting off early with uh, Harry as a loser. All right. Yep. All right. Questions. Really didn't have many. I mean, a lot of the questions I had were plot related, like Mrs. Fig, what the fuck's going on with Mrs. Fig? Mrs. Fig, please explain Mrs. Fig. <laughs> Next chapter. Have I got apparently. a chapter for you, Spencer. Uh, really, honestly, it, w- it was a very. Po- a lot of times um, we have questions because things are just vaguely referenced or things mm-hmm. aren't perfectly explained. This is a pretty effectively self-contained chapter. We don't know cer- why certain things are happening, but we're not supposed to. I mean, so we do have some indications uh, that the Dementors are just uh, maybe going back to what they were doing before. Um, because we we did have uh, 
it wasn't Dumbledore. Was it serious? I can't. I, somebody was talking about how the Dementors are going to be like the first to turn back to Voldemort or follow yeah. Voldemort. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. That that was Dumbledore, wasn't it? I think it was. I think it was Dumbledore. Yeah, it was Dumbledore talking to Fudge. Okay. Right, but you're 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 going to employ them working in the prisons? What do you the hell are you doing? Right oh yeah, now? that's right. It yeah. was in the yeah. going back, like looking uh, in the memory sieve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The pensive. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, <laughs> I, I I actually have one question that I thought of. Um, when Harry and Dudley are dealing with the Dementors, there's a point of where Harry hears words in his head. Um, I'm trying to pull up the exact words. Uh, I can find them here. Okay, let me, I'll look too. Um, but it, it, here it is. Uh, a voice spoke inside his head. Bow to death, Harry. It might even be painless. I would not know. I have never died. Is this actually the Dementor speaking to him? Or is this like uh, words that Harry is inventing in his state of mind? Or is the Dementor even channeling something else? I think that these are specifically the words um, Voldemort said to him before their duel in the graveyard at the end of the last book. So I think that the Dementor, not unlike in the third book when, you know, Harry's sort of worst memories or kind of worst experiences were about his parents' death. Now he's got this whole new treasure trove of memories to be drawing on when well, the Dementors get close to him. And I think it's really interesting because this really seems like a an authorial choice mm-hmm. that that was the memory that we went with because we could go real dark real fast mm-hmm. and we didn't. Um, yeah. Which is really interesting. I, I presume it's an authorial choice and and not like that wasn't the worst thing to happen yeah. to Harry. So, um, well, and that's always been tricky with kind of what the Dementors actually do because it, yeah. it kind of seems like because they're sucking good memories and happiness out, it's a little scattershot what is left to bubble to the surface at the end yeah. of that. And I think that, but I think you're, it's a good point to call that an authorial choice, BJ, partially because like I think that the scene itself demanded that um, whatever Harry is is reliving or re-experiencing needs to be kind of verbalized because seeing images and things like that just doesn't really work in the yeah. in the scene. Medium. It, um, it, it also it also feels pointed that it's specifically a moment with Voldemort because as you mm-hmm. guys have noted, the fact that the loyalties of the Dementors have always been suspect and probably leaning towards Voldemort anyway. So the fact that this thing is looming over him and the words of Voldemort are now ringing in his head feels like a <laughs> why are these guys here let's ponder that for a question right now maybe it's a certain degree of voldemort influence on the world there are, um, there are certainly connections being drawn yeah so movie question uh yeah. do they do uh talking or like flashbacks for the uh dementors it's it's talking it's the kind of it feels like a sort of auditory hallucination yeah okay in, so in like much yeah. in chin or like mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. nasally yeah yes. okay yeah that, that tracks um because it just i could see either being like a choice and you know what actually i think that in the third i think in the third book harry does have some visual hallucinations of his parent like the flashes okay. of his mom yeah. particularly gotcha um, so I, t- I take that back. I But I don't remember in the fifth book exactly. They have mm-hmm. the scene in the fifth movie. I don't remember even 
if this particular line from Voldemort is there with the Dementors or not. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, a final question for me. Uh, the last name that's referenced at the end of the chapter. Monungus Fletcher. Do we know this person? We have had him referenced before, I think. He is, and it was probably in the first or second book. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to remember under what, oh no, Harry met him in um, the pub at the entrance to Diagon Alley. Diagon Alley when Hagrid first took him there oh, to God, get him stuff in the very first book. Yes. Uh, Monungus Fletcher introduces himself to Harry. Very excited to be around someone so famous. Um, I don't ah. remember if we've had him like specifically mentioned again. He's one of those characters that comes up every every once in a while. He's kind of always around the margins of of what's going on. Um, he's a pretty he's a sp pretty sketchy cat. Uh, based on what uh, uh, Mrs. Fig is saying about him, kind of that was kind of implied. He yeah. apparently played some role in what just occurred. Yeah. yeah. Any other questions? Uh, I think that's it. I think, uh, again, first chapters are difficult for, for lots of things. And, and frustratingly, we're out, uh, or, or at least self-aware about the goofy goofy names that we have for things. So nowhere near <laughs> as much as uh, we might have had in, in the first couple of books. But We'll see. I, I think we get a lot of um, the Weasley twins doing things in this book. So you might... <laughs> Ooh, we, we get a lot more tricks. I think so, yeah. Um, I'm excited for that. That that is a lot of fun. Um, but but yeah, for now, uh, I think we just have uh, a a kind of interest. Well, I I'm guessing I knew who this person is that's getting swooped up by an owl. But we have uh, chapter two of Peck of Owls. But actually, entertainingly, uh, I like that that this this is one thing that I didn't wheeze about, and I'm going to do it here at the end because we are talking about chapter names. <laughs> Dudley Demented is a very uh cute little uh yeah that was a nice touch. chapter yeah because <laughs> it definitely goes both ways yes i would I, absolutely. I would have lost i would have lost money on that actually being a dementor reference didn't <laughs> it was much leading towards the other option fair uh, enough but does lead well, this... to a possibility of dudley having further reaching repercussions from the dementor than uh initially stated i mean for something causing long-term psychological problems this is going to be the first soft. time that yeah this is going to be the first time that we have really really seen any sort of muggle interact in this way with the magic world right and seen the long-term effects of what that even looks like yeah at least with the deventer because i mean we did yeah. have a lot of the uh toss him up in the air but we had a bunch of uh men in black flashy yeah. things from the Ministry of Magic come in and, and maybe not save the day, but... Hmm. Yeah, erase it. Uh, yeah. From living memory, so... Yeah. Um, well, this definitely has been fun, a, guys. Definitely a kosher thing to do. Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to a Peck Vowels next week, and uh, see how that goes. Bye, guys. Cool,